Welcome, 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 welcome. Time to listen with George D, the safe space for uninvited personal truths and opinions. I'm your host and your crony, George D, welcoming you to an untitled episode. I'm not even giving this one a, a number. This episode is a Father's Day episode. All right. But before we get into that, a little housekeeping as always. This is a construction zone. We're building here. Um, as the show title insinuates, all dialogue and discussion comes free of your authorization, your approval, or your agreement. Um, we all need love, and I'm not too proud to ask. So I ask you to like, subscribe, share, like, subscribe, and share, whether it be the video um, or the audio, a, a IG post, whatever the case may be. Definitely support us there. Um, lastly, check us out online. Uh, visit the website unsolicitedwithgeorged.com, unsolicitedwithgeorged. Remember to spell soul with S-O-U-L, not S-O-L, unsolicitedwithgeorged.com. Um, there you can find a collection of everything that we have available, content, merch. Um, you can contact me there, any additional information, everything else over there. See what else we got going on. So as I said, um, this episode is an uh, untitled episode. Um, it's a special edition of Unsolicited. Um, and this is a Father's Day one. So real quick, want to shout out all the fathers out there. Um, salute to you guys. Um, and just wishing you all a happy Father's Day. Um, I'm hopeful that you're having an enjoyable day. However you're choosing to spend it, whatever you receive it, however you don't receive, whatever you do or don't receive, whatever the case may be, um, it's hoping you you have an enjoyable day. This episode right here is a very special, near and dear one to me, um, hence why I'm doing it. Uh, maybe a few years ago, I had the pleasure um, of doing this episode with two of my best friends on my former podcast, uh, put in their podcast. And uh, it was good just to, like, talk with men that I've known for a very, very long time, sharing our thoughts on what it means to be a father or just how being a father has impacted us in life. And I think we were all at different stages at that particular point, but it was a very rewarding experience, you know. We went from talking about, you know, who got the latest Pradas or sneakers or whatever, you know, the club last week. Um, to a girl that you like, a girl that you holler at, where are we going next? Are we going Miami, whatever, a vacation or something of the sort, birthday, to talking about, you know, something that is bigger than you or someone that's bigger than you, everything that comes along with that. So in similar fashion, I thought about it this year. I was like, man. I'm going to invite some guys on the show, have a good conversation, because over the last several years, I've had the pleasure of talking to a lot of first-time fathers, um, fathers that are experiencing their children, you know, experience success in different levels, whether it be graduating high school, college, um, playing sports professionally or collegiately, just a lot of different things. You know, I've experienced seeing my nephew graduate and try college and make another decision that has taken his life or is going to take his life around the world. Um, just seeing everything, including seeing my own. I'm not like one of those parents or fathers that, you know, really like put my mind on like social media or nothing like that. Kind of keep the privacy private. Um, you know, to know me is to know them. You know, if you don't, you don't. It's not really a big deal. To me personally speaking, you know, um, they got their own life to live and I just, I don't know, I'm kind of private in my own res in my own regard. Fatherhood changed for me ha or has changed for me a multi multiple times in multiple ways. I don't know where this episode is going to go, but in the spirit of what unsolicited is about and in many ways unsolicited is birthed out of my own experiences um, that stem from fatherhood. Um, with that being said, 
kind of gonna go around the gamut with it real quick. But I I, I remember uh, maybe five or six years ago, maybe maybe six years ago, six years ago, maybe five, 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 five years ago. I remember sending this to the mother of my child, this African proverb. And the proverb was, before I even get there, it was like on Mother's Day or something like that. So, you know, me being me, sometimes I kind of deep dive in certain things, pause. But um, nevertheless, um, I came across this. I don't know how I came across it. I don't think I was really searching for it or whatever, but I thought it was profound in its own respect. And that proverb is, it takes a breast for a child to know his mother and it takes a mother for a child to know its father. On an upcoming episode um, that you will hear after this one, um, I go into something that is called the good enough mother. It's not what you're thinking based on this topic, but it's profound, you know, and it kind of can speak to this. But nevertheless, I thought this was poignant. And at the time, I felt both of us was going through a new experience. Respectively, I thought this was poignant. I haven't been able to forget this proverb right here. Revisiting this proverb and just revisiting life. I came across something recently, too, where Deion Sanders, which I can't even hold you like that, dude. I like the way he coaches and I like who he is as a man and how he presents himself and how he is with his children that, as a father. And I can't lie. Like this, it was something he did. You know, I mean, granted, they got a lot of content out there, but it was something he posted uh, that was posted. And, you know, he was like, ah. You know, basically shouting out fathers like I know you, you know, may go unrecognized and blah, 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 but just we see you keep doing what you're doing. And maybe he was speaking directly to the fathers in the lives of the children, the young men that he's been given the opportunity and the privilege of mentoring and others thought about it or whatever. And it hinged on this again. And I was for a moment not going to do this episode um, just because I might say something that's unpopular. Right. Or something that can be challenged. And I don't mind anyone poking holes through anything I'm going to say. However, one of the things that I really, really, really wanted to do is just be sure of just just being open and transparent as this is a, a safe space for that. Right. And I, I've, I've encountered many men that feels various iterations of what I'm about to go into. The last thing that also inspired this episode is I seen something I think it was on YouTube, maybe a YouTube short or what have you. And it was a woman who, and I think the video was titled The Other Side of It. But apparently in her life, she experienced her father not being present. And he ended up passing away. And when he passed away, you know, the family members would, uh, on the father's side, were reaching out to her, basically, you know, asking her, you know, or requesting or hoping that she would be present at the, uh, the funeral and be involved in it and she her response was real real stark like i don't know him um he wasn't a part of my life he wasn't there for me so i don't know why they keep calling me i don't know why they expect for me to show up boom, boom. like basically like you know it is what it is and i was like "Ooh, that was that was that was cold you know what i'm saying but i don't know their reality i don't know their situation so i have to take it with a grain of salt and just let it be but it brought and it inspired all of this so being who I am, always do some little deep dive again, pause. So I decided to define what is a father. I looked at multiple Miriam Webster, Google, whatever, and it just said a man in relation to his child or children, a male parent. And I go, what's a parent? You know, a father or a mother. Okay, okay. And then it says a person who begets or brings forth offspring. And then, you know, there are connotative definitions or, you know, that they, you know, that expound upon it, you know, you got caretaker, caregiver, these things of that nature, whatever, whatever. And some people might say a type is biological or whatever the case may be. And everybody has their iteration or their variation or version of what it means to be a parent. And I think to be a parent or to rather to be a father or a mother is different to a number of individuals and everyone takes it however they choose to take it, right? Everyone feels it. I think the, 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 what are my feelings about being a father? Um, I felt gratitude. As you age, um, you run into men who don't have children, who later on kind of realize like are more afraid now to have children 
I probably was. And um, when they were probably in their 20s and 30s, they were like, ooh, I'm happy I don't got it. But now that they're in their 40s or early 50s, they're kind of thinking like, man, maybe I should have, you know? So there's a sense of gratitude that you've been awarded the privilege, if you will, um, to be able to produce life or be a part of the production of life. Feel gratitude from being able to support life, uh, nurture life, to mean something to another life. There's a sense of gratitude on a number of levels that hinges on being blessed. Another thing is uh, becoming or being a father has made me way more forgiving than I've ever been in my entire life, um, primarily to my own parents. Like, I seen my parents like giants growing up. Like, marvel, I marveled at them. Like, God, how do they make that peanut butter and jelly sandwich? Or just marveling at their greatness or what I believe to be greatness. Could have been the simplest of things, the things that they knew what to do, how to do, whether I was sick or good or whatever, it didn't matter. Like, I just marveled at them, right? Like, almost like perfect beings, right? And then, as I grew into an adult and then started learning or experiencing life at, you know, at an older age, you start to realize where everyone is. Everyone comes different in their 20s, their 30s, their 40s. And if you're having kids as early as 20 or something like that, or 25 or 30, 35, like everyone is at a different place in their life when they do that. And you realize that every parent is doing the best they know how for the most part in one respect or another, considering everything that they could be going through in life or everything they could have experienced in life. It makes you forgive for the errors, forgive for the, um, for the mishandling, forgiving for the, um, the things that they didn't know, um, the things that they didn't overcome. The things they did amazing and great, it makes you very forgiving of that. Like I became very forgiving. My parents became delicate flowers. Like everything started to matter. It didn't matter what it was. Um, like all was forgiving. Um, all was appreciated. Because I understood now. I understood. Especially if you come from a household that was large. And when you really look at it, like, what does it mean to rear all these multiple personalities, all these multiple needs, and everything that goes on to it, goes into it, like, it really can be life-changing. Feel humble. I feel humble to be where they were and knowing that I'm far not as mature as they were, by far not as disciplined as they were. Um, I'm humble that that's who they were and how they were. You know, very, very much humbled at that. Grateful, back to my gratitude. Blessed, again, that I came from that, that I seen that. How else do I fear? Feel fear. I do feel fear. This world is crazy. I thought the world was crazy when I was growing up. You know what I mean? Today is crazy. To have a child roaming, operating in this world right now, it's hard not to feel fear for your child at any age. I think one of the things that was hard for me, you know, becoming a father first initially was just the idea of pedophilia. Growing up, I was aloof to it. I didn't even think it was, I didn't, it didn't, it didn't cross my brain, you know? And then to get older and meet so many women that have experienced some form of molestation, whether it be a family member, family friend, to learn of men that also have experienced the same. No friend of mine has ever told me anything that has ever happened to them. I don't know if anything has ever, personally speaking, but I've heard of it. To learn of that was kind of like, wow, that was happening around my time too? And then now as an adult, it seems like you can 
peer, you, you're peeking into a world where you're noticing that children are subjugated to this, subjected to this more than anything, like crazy. I don't understand it whatsoever. I don't understand it, but it makes you very, very fearful. I'll pause to say that, you know, I ain't going to say it from a judgmental standpoint, but I'm going to say like children are very, very innocent. They're pure. Very, very pure. They haven't been perverted or adulterated by the world at all. Like these, they're pure. I don't think it's right or fair for them to be robbed of their innocence in any way, shape, or fashion. It's not cool whatsoever. Like kids, like I just remember being a kid and man, waking up and just being able to eat some cereal while watching cartoons in the morning before I went to school was everything. I can't imagine me seven, eight, nine, ten years old not really being able to enjoy that experience because I had a traumatic experience the night before. I woke up after being sexualized and brought into a world long before I was ready for it by someone that I didn't choose to engage in that world with. You know, and um, for anyone out there, that's just a perspective, man. You know, some people may have a skewed perspective. Well, if it happened to me, it could happen to them. Or, listen, man, I'm not really for that. I'm just saying in general, man, kids are pure. They're innocent, you know. And um, no matter what has happened to you in this world, um, the cycle should stop. Yeah. So that's part of my fear, right? Um Another thing, like, did I say enough? Did I do enough? Um, was I present enough? Um, will I have enough time to right my wrongs? Um, you know, cause I don't want to send them off in the world damaged or be a part of anything that they have to go through or work through or whatever the case may be. I want to be something that someone that was nurturing, someone that was loving, someone that, um, they can look to or look for, you know, and things of that nature. So. That was always something. My experience as a father has made me feel hurt and cursed as well. I asked the question, or I asked the question, how does that which should be and is a blessing become the catalyst for great contention? Like it really puzzles me sometimes that People will enter into relationships and say, I love you at some point in time, and the relationship goes awry for whatever reason, right? And now the contention spills over into something that you both equally share, period. And then it taints that. It taints them. I think one of the the things is you see this, it makes you conflictingly regretful. Like, damn, if I would have known that it would have ended up being like this, man, psh, I would have stopped fucking with them eons ago. But then you know you can't say that because there's a life there, right? There's a life there that got no, got nothing to do with all that contingency. A life there. And you ain't saying that they got to go. You know what I'm saying? You're just at this place where it makes you conflictingly regretful, almost sad to say it, utter the words, because this is so contentious. You see the delusion now. If you was caught up on it because the box was great, you like, man. I was tripping, but it's too late. You see what is and what was real. Was the love really real? Was it lust? People bluffing? Oh, y'all got to check out episode three. <laughs> y'all going to get it. A lot of confliction. 
a lot of confliction. Unable to feel what is real, natural, almost feeling like you got to suppress things to move forward. You're going to love episode three. I bring something to light that is new information to me, but really, really dope. You see, I find pragmatism gets moved to the background or moved to the side or somewhere behind a desk. I don't care. For these fleeting, irrational emotions, right? Where now the emotions take center stage. They're whimsical. They're dependent. They're contingent upon so many different things. But what's pragmatic and what's real? What is best for the child or the children gets polluted with the individual ego, pride, emotions, and all these different things. I've seen that happen. I've seen it also be great. Don't get me wrong. There's some negative. I'm just giving you my feelings on some of the things that I've seen and experienced. Um, you wind up finding that it's more difficult to deal with the other parent than just to rear the child. And that's difficult in itself. That requires a lot of time, attention, patience, tolerance, a bunch of different things. And that should be difficult in itself in the world where you still got to figure out a way to provide for your, you know, your child, for life and everything else. But yet this child, it's sometimes hard to put that in front of this because sometimes the adults in the room are not the adults in the room. I ain't going to hold you before I became a parent. You know what I'm saying? I seen a lot of parents at an early age. I grew up in places or in a space where, you know, dudes having kids, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't really much. It didn't really mean nothing. Like dudes, everybody was happy. Oh, what's name had a baby? Oh, ooh, 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 congrats. Ooh, ooh, you know what I'm saying? It was like a normality. It wasn't like a whole thing. You know, now we got people doing $7,000 baby showers and, you know, they, they, there's <laughs> a whole bunch of stuff going on now. But growing up, I didn't really see that. You know, having kids was just, it was normalized. It was like, all right, this is what happened. For lack of a better word, pleasure babies, you know, such and such are together, such and such is doing whatever they do. They have a kid, okay, they dropped, they had a seed or they had a baby, you know what I'm saying? Or oh, they had it together. But, you know what I'm saying? It, was, it wasn't as planned. It wasn't as strategic. It wasn't anything other than that. It was just kind of like normalized. You just kind of took it as it came, you know what I'm saying? Just kept, kept it pushing. Whatever's going to be is whatever's going to be. You know, whether they were together, stay together, whatever, just like uh, up in the air. I remember my brother, when he had his first, uh, like the first the, the siblings to have a kid. And I remember that little, that was my little man right there. You know what I'm saying? You know, I was young, but, you know, barely a teenager at the time. But that was like my little man. I took him everywhere with me. He'd go to my girlfriend's house with me. You know what I'm saying? He was a little, little pit bull. He'd come up to the front. He always wanted milk. You know what I'm saying? I don't care who he's talking to. He's like, got any milk? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, and smart, cool ass little boy. You know what I'm saying? At the time, but that was my dude. That one, I ain't have a little brother, but I, I treat him like my son at an early age. It's crazy. You know what I'm saying? Even when I was young, you know, I was cutting haircuts on the weekends. I'm playing PlayStation with him, you know, I don't play games, video games, but I'm playing the PlayStation with him, hanging out with him, rocking out with me, um, nephews, the whole nine, but I remember my brother had his, it was, um, I seen some of the things he went through, and at the time, I didn't really pay too much attention to it, because, you know what I'm saying, he was a fly guy, you know, semi-playboy, but, you know, they was always on his line from an early age, so... You know, I just felt like that's what it is. When they're on your line, that's they're on your line. That's just how things are going to be. Really wasn't paying attention to the relationship dynamic because I was more so focused on my parents. Um, I remember a lot of my other friends that were having kids in our 20s and just the relationship dynamics they were experiencing. Some of them got married right away. Some of them got into other things or whatever. But just remember these different experiences. And some of them, when they would start going crazy, I mean, like one of my dudes, like, going to pick up my child and he getting locked up, you know what I'm saying? Because either he showed up at a time later or she decided last minute she didn't want him there. So now he's locked up for trespassing. I seen so many things and I was just like, ooh, I don't want none of that, you know? 
And um, I just kind of always, I've seen the bad as much as I've seen the good. And I just kind of always was in a good place. Like, man, you know, when that day comes for me, I just hope that I'm always in a good space with things are chill. Like, I like to keep that thing chill, you know. Something else I feel, a lot of it's sometimes it's very uncertain. There's no manual to this thing. You figuring out your way through life and at the same time, you're also trying to make decisions or um, present a, an air of confidence in the life of somebody else. You know, and I'm a person where I just don't want to do something based on my ego, my pride or anything like that. I kind of want to feel kind of confident in what I'm saying or doing. The best decision wins. Like, I don't, I'm not really trying to win. Like, you know what I'm saying? In that context, like, ain't a competition. It's really just about the best decision wins. Like, what's the best win, you know? So, you know, prayer and you know, try to defer as much as you possibly can and just make things happen and make things work. I want to take a quick second just to get in the shout out all the fathers on this day. Happy Father's Day once again. Definitely happy Father's Day. Women, I need you to stop claiming the male role or the father role. Single mothers, I understand you might be by yourself and you're doing the best you can. Don't say I'm doing both. I'm the mother and the father. Um, just looking at the denotative definition of it. And if you look at it for what a man is and what a man provides versus what a woman is and what she provides, you know, there's no way that a man could fulfill a woman's role no different than a woman could fulfill a man's role. It's just can't, it's not, it's impossible. It's not, it's not going to happen on any given day of the year. I understand the, the idea behind it. I understand the sentiment that is behind it. However, just bask in the glory of being a great mother, if you are. Just bask in that glory. Don't also try to dim the light by saying I'm a mother and a father. That's, that sounds very crazy to me. I just think that everybody deserves their respect and to stay in their proper place. And everybody has a role, especially when it comes to children. Um, and being someone that has engaged in, in, in met people who have either lost their mother and or father, um, or, were raised by one or the other parents or understands not to have one or the other as much as they probably would like and things of that nature, you realize more than ever that mom could try to be mom and dad, but if that's a woman and she's out there in the world, listen, he knows she got daddy. Like, he knows daddy ain't there or daddy wasn't there, right? So to take that on the road and you didn't do that one successfully, it's a knock on you. It's a strike. So I wouldn't do that. But beyond everything, it's still evident in that individual. They'll respect mom for doing whatever mom did, the best mom do it, to the best ability that mom did it. However, it's still noted that the absence of dad, for whatever reason, is still present in that individual and vice versa. And vice versa. Fathers, shout out to you who are doing it and doing it well. Salute, salute, salute. Um, I believe you guys serve an inspiration to myself and everyone is striving to do it, not only like, quote unquote, like it's supposed to be done, but doing it at a high level to understand the mission, to be able to, comp uh, to, to, to stay on track and to be able to carry it out. There's a lot of different factors involved. And, you know, I give credit where credit is due. I give flowers where flowers are due. So, Father, shout out to you guys that are doing it and doing it in a way that makes us make another father salute and respect it. As I noted earlier, Deion Sanders, like I don't know him personally, but from what I'm seeing, I I salute, you know what I'm saying? I respect that and it inspires me. And it's something that I also aspire to. Um, for those that aren't at that level, inclusive of myself, right? I would say that um Forgive yourself. I look at Father's Day like a birthday or like a New Year's. Forgive yourself. Be optimistic. Let go of any shame or embarrassment. That self-condemnation um, could lead you to perpetuate the things that keep you from being who and what you can be to those that need it most. 
make it a resolution year. Maybe this is the year you turn it around, uh, improve upon that relationship with your child or children, grow with your child or children, um, however possible, but utilize this time and space to just continue to grow as an individual. I would say to myself, you know, in this regard, you know, I hope I plan on doing the same thing, right? And um, I've experienced my share of challenges in terms of being a father. I had a, def- a, a number of different quote unquote role models. I had the role models of like, as long as you're working and you're providing and you're taking care, um, they're going to be all right. If the mother's handling the business, then you realize now you kind of be, need to be present. Time is that not only commodity, but it is the only tangible thing that they desire and look for the most, look to the most. Um, similarly, emotional intelligence is really critical to fatherhood. And I think my recent experiences as being a father has taught me where I stand on or stand in that spectrum in terms of my own emotional intelligence. Um, being able to take certain hits and ignore them or endure them or persevere through them has had his own set of challenges. And um, I would tell anybody, yo, like everybody's going to experience this on a different level. And there's certain things I wish that didn't bother me, certain things that I wish that I was able to endure and persevere through. And there's certain things I just like, no, nah, that ain't me. I can't do it. Like, like I ain't fighting. Like I remember, I, I'll tell you this much, like I, I met a woman and um, she had expressed to me the the arguing, the fighting, the back and forth thing that you know her parents did over her, and um, it made her like, "Hey, listen, I don't want this marriage thing. I don't want these kids. I'm good by myself, man. I don't want to go through it. Like what I experienced was not what I wanted for myself." And then you start to think about like, who's the fight for? You know what I'm saying? Especially if both parents, let's say for all intents and purposes are good. Maybe, is it an ego-driven battle? Is it truly about the child? Or is it truly about what you think the other person deserves? To each his own, rather, you know, in that, in that context. Everyone's relationship is different, so they can determine that. I find it interesting, too, sometimes that sometimes in these spaces, people have to now prove themselves worthy. They got to prove themselves to be somebody that they already are. And I find that kind of crazy as well. I don't think a lot of men get the credit for their ability to be nurturing, to be loving, um, and so forth. Some some people, probably not so much, don't know. They're probably going to be maybe inexperienced, uneducated, and things of that nature. However, what I do think that there's a capacity there. So it literally, you know, for all its and purposes, kind of always uh, shocks me to be very, very transparent with you. I'll go further on to say this, right? Like, uh, and the reason why I wanted to do this episode is because I've been harboring a bunch of different feelings for a very, very long time. You know what I'm saying? I've experienced an internal shame and embarrassment because I can't believe that I've, I've sometimes put myself in the same situation, in the situation that I'm in, with who I'm in it with. And then you like think back and go, I seen signs long, long, long ago. You see your own times that you blinded yourself or you wanted to believe something else or you wanted to whatever, whatever with someone else and you kind of like can't believe I'm here. And you still have a responsibility, you still are accountable, and yet you're dealing with stuff that, well, this is a purpose that you shouldn't really be dealing with at all. You know what I'm saying? It should be kind of laissez-faire kind of in a way. And it's still a challenging thing to to endure and to go through and to experience and trying to navigate and to find it. And my tolerance is low, you know what I'm saying, for bullshit, to be honest with you. And sometimes you find that things may not be as intentional, but maybe on a subconscious level, they still are what they are. And you're trying to find a way to navigate through all that nonsense and BS without taking you down. One of my favorite songs right now is... uh. Summer Walker song. She got this thing uh, where it's like uh, losing people, trying to find my peace or something like that. I see loss as I go through my own peace. The biggest thing I want to say about being a father is that we're human. And I think sometimes they get lost on people that if the man before he became a father 
um, was imperfect, had their flaws. Children don't necessarily right those wrongs or a child doesn't necessarily make those flaws disappear. It'd be great sometimes if, if that could be the catalyst to make an entire individual change completely. Um, unfortunately, that's not the case. Sometimes it may just shine a greater light on it or it could just be a work in progress, but human no less, right? And um, I think every child is, you know, has, should have the right, in my opinion, as long as their welfare is not in danger and things of that nature, have the right to experience their child, their, their parent, mother or father, and be able to get from them what they can get from them without issue, without interference, without, without any impediment, without condition. Personally speaking, as long as a child going to be safe, ain't no, ain't none of that, you know, their well-being is good. Like, you know who's good and who's not, right? Like, that's just what it is. I just feel like there should never really be an issue in that regard. Um, it made me think about the those that aren't fathers. And I just kind of want to let them know, man. One of the things that I've learned is that, and this is going to be a little graphic, a little hard for some people, but that nut that sperm you got, that's liquid gold and platinum sprinkled with diamond dust, like a flawless diamond dust. For those that know, understand what I'm talking about. You got to preserve that. Can't let that thing fly as much as you want to. You know what I'm saying? As much as you want to experience the pleasurable moments and all that other stuff, or as much as somebody may encourage you to let it fly. That might be an improper way of saying it. but <laughs> As much as you might be encouraged just know that, like, yo, that joint is liquid gold and platinum. Sprinkle with a flawless diamond dust. It ain't to be played with. It ain't to just be thrown about, flung about, given about, right? Because what comes with it once you, re- you release it onto somebody else is something that you necessarily can't control. And more importantly, unless there's a mutual respect between both parties that supersedes any preconceived notions, any ego, pride, or whatever, it could lead to a very tenuous and strenuous relationship in reality that does not necessarily need to exist. So hold on to that. For those that know, again, sometimes the honeypot that a lot of people done stuck their hand in, for most people, they know this to be true. It really wasn't even all that. We'll keep it a buck. After the many conversations I've had and talked to people, like, it really wasn't even that. It really wasn't all that. But somehow the amalgamation of comfort, convenience, accessibility, idleness, or foolishness in itself kind of gets the best of you. So be mindful of that. Be mindful to protect yourself at all times. I know that's not easy because pleasure is pleasure, but that might inspire you to begin to have those hard conversations. Those hard conversations about what it means to do this and to engage in the way in which you engage and the what ifs and the then what's. You know what I'm saying? And and really, even though you can't guard everything, the truth of the matter is, if that's not what you want, say it and try to really, really try your best to stand on it. Do your best to move in accordance with that true desire that you really have. Again, it's not easy. For lack of a better word, sometimes your needs are your needs, your desires are your desires. Sometimes the pleasure is really pleasure. It's really pleasurable, something you desire, something you look forward to, something you want, and you hope for the best. You're optimistic, and in that optimism, you know, you sometimes find yourself behaving in ways that aren't necessarily most agreeable with your ultimate goals or what you ultimately want to see happen. It's a lifelong commitment. It's a lifelong commitment. Whether you're given the access, whether it's impeded upon, whether it's challenged, whether whatever, it's still a lifelong commitment. I haven't seen any individual that's, that knows their mother and or father that felt like, all right, I'm 30, I don't need them no more. 40, 50, ah, right, they can go away. Doesn't matter. It's a lifelong commitment. So be mindful of that as well. For those that believe in selective morality, it's not cool. Absolutely not cool. What am I talking about? This is those individuals that want to pick and choose 
when they want to be their most moral or righteous, when it, especially when it involves others, right? Like people can get really judgy. Like the thing that they don't struggle with that somebody else struggle with, they like, oh, I don't even understand that. Or they'll move a certain kind of way, you know what I'm saying? And then find a way to create themselves to be the victim when things go a different kind of way. Knowing they are the, if anything, co-conspirators, if not the, the leader in it. You know what I'm saying? The selective morality isn't cool. And a lot of people display it as a way to abscond from the accountability from the decisions in which they have made or they are making. These are those people that's quick to blame the devil. The devil got the best of me. Uh, or they move in accordance of their optics. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, this is how I see this. this is, like, they're more concerned about how people see them or the perception of them, so they're always protecting that. And victimhood is always the way in which to do that. Um, I'm just saying we see you, man. A lot of times you're seen, people know who you are. They just let you live, man. Some people just don't want to rock that boat. I think one of the things that I've experienced is that there, there are individuals that are around you when you're going through this things when it's not necessarily everything's all love. People pick and choose sides. People whisper, you know what I'm saying? And in their choosing of sides and they, they take on this more high ground without really understanding the facts or understanding the nuances that come along with certain realities and certain situations. And for me, you know, without saying it, but saying it, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm good. If you knew me, know me, you can holler at me. I'm here. And if you don't, then let's keep it like that which is fine as well. But when you know who you are, you know what you're about, there's certain shit you're not going for. You know what I'm saying? There's certain things you're not playing with. We ain't arguing. We're not going back and forth off of too much. Um, and I think the biggest thing, and I said it earlier, when it comes to being a parent, I think that both parties have to respect one another. When the respect is gone, everything else goes out the window. It's hard to be a parent or co-parent or whatever, when there's no respect for the other parent and their position, not with you, but with the child. And the, it, their position with the child cannot be conditioned on the condition of the parent. I've talked to a lot of dudes and been in fucked up situations because there are parents just making decisions based on them and saying it's because of the child. But it's really based on their perspective of the child, not the child. It's, it's what they put onto the child or how they perceive the child and things of that nature. And or matter of fact, it ain't even them. It's them masking as such. And it's not cool. I have a friend of mine and I, and I, you know, I feel bad for him because no more than I feel bad for myself because there are a lot of men out here who have to wait until their child is a grown adult to apologize to them for not being successful in either their attempts or the fact that things went the way they went, knowing that they it wasn't just them, right? However, they have to now make up for the lack. Now they have to answer questions of why didn't you do certain things or why didn't you blah, 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 whatever. Like I heard a woman say once on, I think on YouTube or something like that, like, if a man ain't willing to go to the courts, he don't love his child. And my question to them is, if you ain't go to the courts to get a child, why should I have to go to child, go to court to get it, to get access to my child? Why has that become the measure of love if that's not where we had to go in order to get to this place? You see what I'm saying? Like, that is selective morality, in my opinion. And people who move like that or think like that will actually use that as a way to further behavior that is more detrimental to that child. And that child may grow up feeling unwanted, unloved, unneeded, not understanding the impediment that the other parent had created um, because of their own personal feelings about that other individual. I'm a proponent that a child learns, you know, best um, how a man treats a woman, how a woman treats a man from their parents, right? Those are the two individuals at the end of the day they are innately connected to. And if that is not tempered, well, you know, things could definitely impact. Now, granted, there's a lot of other things that could happen in life that could change a bunch of that stuff. But 
I do believe that. As I sum up or wrap up, um, I want to shout out Minds, Gavin Glow. I never felt love like that before. Time, space, distance. There's really nothing that really separates me from the love that I feel for them. The realities are different. And I have friends that are experiencing very much the same thing that I experienced today and so forth. And um, it's sometimes unfortunate that the, the father experience is, is what it is sometimes these days. It kind of leads me into where the world is going right now, where it feels like women and men are like against each other. It's like a war is about to ensue between women and men. And it's like, nah, like we need each other. You know what I'm saying? Like at the end of the day, we truly, truly need each other. I've never been a person that um, haven't been able to say I'm wrong when I'm wrong, apologize when I'm wrong, forgive when I'm wrong. I've also never been a person that doesn't believe that I can't right or wrong or do something to atone for a wrong. My little man, I came up with this analogy. One day I'm taking him to school in the morning and I'm like, yo, as I age, I start to realize that I'm really just a coach. We use the dad, we use the father title, but I'm really just a coach. I'm here just to give you the game, help you see what's happening on the, on the court, uh, give you plays to run, give you scenarios or situations to understand when to run those plays and what the benefits and the pros and cons of those plays are so that when you're out here and you have to figure it out for yourself or you have to move for yourself, that or in the game real time, you understand certain things. So when you start to notice certain things on that's happening on the court, you can make those adjustments based on your understanding of the game, right? Based on the, the teachings of the game, right? And if you watch basketball, those that have a high IQ and understand, you know, situations, understand matchups, understand all they seem to flourish differently on the court. More than others that just have skill, my shoot, dribble, pass, or whatever the case may be. So, for my Gavin Glow, this is my way of saying I, I love you, will always love you. And there's a million different ways that one may express love. Sometimes we break it down into five based on the language, those five love languages. But nevertheless, that, well, at least one of them is a verbal affirmation. So I'll take that one right now. Overall, for every father out there, for all my friends with, with kids and the people I've encountered with children that are experiencing the, the trials and tribulations and the joys and the successes and everything that comes along with having a child and seeing them become themselves and grow and succeed and do things in life, you know, um, I wish you more and more success. I wish those children more and more success. I wish... Um, you rare emotional intelligence to be able to endure and, um, and grow. Uh, my old life coach used to say that he, he, he was growing his daughter. You growing your child and growing with your child, learning from as much as they learn from you on this fatherhood. I mean, on this father's day, I want every father to know, like, whether you're doing it, doing it or whatever the case may be or whatever it is, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, there's love out here for real from, from a dude like me who's humble enough to respect and acknowledge those that do do it. I'm African, you know what I'm saying? I grew up probably with like a hundred fathers and a hundred mothers. You know, everybody was like another mother. Aunties was like a mother. Uncles was like a father. So that's the concept of village that I always grew up with. And I'm fortunate to know that minds are like in the same ballpark that there are individuals that, um, have taken on that mantle who and who love them as much as I love them or maybe not so much but you know at the end of the day who also you know are part of that process for their benefit Mother's Day passed I didn't you know I didn't do a Mother's Day episode I wasn't lit yet however shout out to all the mothers out there including mine you know what I'm saying ain't no love lost I have I told you I loved you in life that means I love you to this day even if I don't fuck with you that's just a real statement. Men and women, we've got to work together. Really start looking at the heart. People got to get away from their, their egos and their pride um, and start injecting that onto anyone and everyone and everything. 
really, truly, and honestly continue to grow and find ways to really do things for the child's benefit. As I age, I said before, the one thing I noticed, whether it be with my male friends or males that I know and females that I've encountered in life, a parent is never not a parent. A mother is never not a mother. A father is never not a father. They still hold value no matter how old they are, how old that individual grows to become. Right? They still yearn. They still desire. They still hope. They still wish. They still have inquiries. They still feel. Some of us suppress certain things to the point that we don't desire them no more. But for the most part, the truth of the matter is a parent is always a parent. More importantly, a father is always a father. A mother is always going to be a mother. And there should be no form of deprivation if it can be prevented. So with that being said, all my fathers, salute you. All my guys going through it and making their way and doing their best, trying to endure and persevere. I salute you. All the ones that are doing it, doing it. That are inspirational and aspirational. They lead me to be aspirational because of what I see them doing. I salute you. I big you all up. Um, and I just wish you continued success. And I wish anyone that's trying to get on track to get on track. And no matter how much you stumble, no, how, no matter how difficult it is, I hope that you are able to turn the corner in your, your relationship with being a father to your child or your children. Now. Mm-hmm.